Live from Nashville, Tennessee, it's the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. about the show that we've got today. We haven't done a show quite like this one. 
No, we have not. <laughs> and we're going to kind of just go ahead and jump in pretty quick, but tell us who we've got today joining us on the Campfire Cafe. Well, we have R.W. Hampton, Belinda Gale, and Kip Callahan Young, and they are raring to go. It's going to be so much fun. <laughs> it is going to be so much fun, and I'm going to just kind of sit back and listen to see what happens with the show. But uh, <laughs> we're celebrating the sounds of the season, and they have a great CD called The First Noel, and we're going to be featuring music from that today. And then in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America, we're going to welcome Backcountry Horseman of America's Director of Public Lands and Recreation, Mr. Randy Rasmussen, will be joining us. So Randy's been on the show before, but he is now an official member of the family. So we're looking forward to talking with Randy Rasmussen today on Saddle Up America. So a lot of great conversation, a lot, a lot of great music. And we're going to just go ahead and kick things off right now with a great song from Belinda Gale and Curly Musgrave. It's called Two Step Around the Christmas Tree. And we'll be back in a moment to talk with R.W. and Belinda on the Campfire Cafe. Joyful sound every Christmas Eve in a western town. Gather up the kids, all the friends and family. There's a holly's hung, the candles bright. Tuning up the fiddles on a moonlit night. Roll back the rugs so we can two step round the Christmas tree. There's a jolly man in a bright red suit. Did you ever see Santa in cowboy boots? Whirling across the floor, spurs a jingling merrily. When they sing those carols soft and low, I'll be shouting Cotton Eye Joe. Roll back the rug so we can two-step round the Christmas tree. Waiting neath the mistletoe, you'll never get a kiss. I never move that slow, there's too much I could miss. Cause a western girl can't be still, and a silent night is not for me. Roll back the rug so we can two-step round the Christmas tree. On new blue jeans, shuffling round the floor to you, tight melody. Well, I'm gonna be ready when Santa comes, but I'm gonna be dancing till he does. Roll back the rug so we can two step round the Christmas tree. Wait beneath the mistletoe, you'll never get a kiss. I never move that slow, there's too much I could miss. Cause a western girl can't be still, and a silent night is not for me. Roll back. So we can two step round the Christmas tree. Roll back the rug so we can two step round the Christmas tree. Welcome back to the award winning Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Two Steppin' Round the Christmas Tree, featuring Belinda Gale and Curly Musgrave from the Christmas CD, Our First Noel. 
Well, we've got a full house of musical guests with us today, and we're all following social distancing protocols. Linda Gale's in Texas, as is R.W. Hampton, but he's kind of uh, driving through. Kip Callahan Young is in Maryland, and I'm in New Mexico, and Gary's in Utah. We are all excited <laughs> to share this special holiday music with you as we continue to explore the sounds of the season. Multi-award winners Belinda, Kip, R.W., and Curly Musgrave recorded one of my all-time favorite Christmas CDs, and your library, musical library, should have it, Our First Noel. Gary has selected his favorite songs to share with you, and the performers are here to share their stories of this music and perhaps their own Christmas traditions. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, Belinda Gale, Kip Callahan Young, and R.W. Hampton. Welcome. Hi. This ought to be pandemonium. This is going to be interesting. I'm telling you. Hey, guys. Thanks for being with us. Oh, gosh. Okay, that's all you get to say, R.W. That's it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm going to settle. I'm going to jump right off. I'm done. Enjoy it, guys. Thank you very much. Oh, gosh. Hey, I've, I've, got, to, I've got to ask a question, and uh, we'll just let each of you answer this. But how many years ago was this album recorded? And how did you guys all get together to decide to do it? Linda, why don't we start with you and then Kip and then R.W.? Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to remember what year it was. It was in the early, early in the 2000s. Maybe one of them remembers what year. I'd have to go look at the album. Um, But I know we, um, we were all kind of talking about wanting to do a Christmas album, but Christmas albums are difficult to, to move except at Christmas time. So economically, they don't make a lot of sense to do one on your own. And some of our friends had been doing them where they did like compilation CDs where they, they all recorded songs individually and then they put them all on a CD and then, you know, each they sold it together. Uh, everybody had their copies and they sold them. But we decided that we actually, if we were going to do this, we wanted to step it up a level and actually be together in the studio, sing harmony on each other's songs, do some, some ensemble pieces and truly make it a joint effort Christmas CD. And so, and, um, Curly was crazy enough to say that he would act as producer for it, <laughs> which I'm sure he regretted numerous times once we got in the studio. Oh, <laughs> uh, I think he said herding cats came up a lot <laughs> yes. while while we were working in the in the studio a lot. So, um, so that's kind of my recollection. What do you guys remember? I am. Um, I don't remember how I initially got to be involved in this project. I just remember, you know, when you guys asked me or when it came out that I, you know, that you guys wanted to be me to be a part of it. I was so excited and just so honored because you guys are my favorites. And I kind of felt like I was still just kind of getting into the, you know, Western music genre and I'd been very successful by, you know, the grace of God. And uh, when you guys asked me to be a part of this, I was so excited. And it was a wonderful, crazy, amazing experience. But I don't remember when it was either, Belinda. R.W.? I, I don't, I don't remember know, I, what year. I, 
I, I'm trying to do the math on it myself. Um, <laughs> but but, but I, I, I do remember uh, Curly Jim calling me and saying, how about this? And I went, wow. And, and I had the same concerns Belinda did because uh, in the cowboy and western genre, subgenre of country music, um, you know, a Christian album, I mean, a Christmas album is seasonal. And, uh, but I thought, I just cannot pass up being on an album with that talent. You know, yeah. with the with with Curly and Belinda and Kip, and then I cannot miss out on the fun it will be. We went to Salt Lake City and uh, somewhere right around there, and it was not Christmas time. It was cold and snowy, but it wasn't Christmas. But um, I, I just remember, uh, just as we got into it. <laughs> I felt like I was a kid. I felt like I was about mm-hmm. a 10-year-old on Christmas Eve. <laughs> Just the Christmas spirit was in that studio. You guys remember that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, we were it having way too much fun. I think, I think Curly was the only one that was cognizant that with each tick of that second clock, second hand, that we were actually <laughs> spending money. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, were, we were having so much fun, and he kept trying to re- – all I remember is he kept trying to re- – and me being his singing partner, I guess I was more in tune to his expressions and like, uh-oh, he's starting to – he's going to blow, <laughs> you know. Um, <laughs> but it was but, – but we were just – we just really had so much fun, but he also allowed for a lot of creativity because I was uh, – the way I remembered is we really all – um, contributed to the arrangements and even on each other's, you know, it wasn't specifically yes. our song that we were specifically singing, but everybody like, oh, Hey, how about if we try this? And Oh, this might sound good. And so it was just truly a labor of love. I mean, it didn't even feel like labor. We had so much fun yeah. um, just creating together and letting it just sort of unfold and flow. And, and it was just way too much fun. I agree. Oh, well, I feel like I, a kid at ten, a ten-year-old kid at Christmas. Yep. I, I think one of the things that I remember is uh, there there was no really any discussion. There there was there were there there was no. Um, um, well, we just knew that Curly was the boss, and yep. we were mm-hmm. all okay with that. There there was no egos or anything. We just wanted to turn out a really good. Christmas album that um, gave glory to God and the Christ child and uh, put forth the Christmas spirit. And uh, we, I, I think, girls, we all knew that Curly was the man. I, I just wanted to know oh, when yeah. my time was to get in the box and sing. And that's all I was there for. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you, guys, you guys turned out a great <laughs> Christmas album. And one of my favorite songs is one we're going to get to right now. And this is one Kip did. It's called Cheer My Christmas Wish is Mexico. And I don't know where you are and how cold it is, but you may be thinking about that. But let's take a listen. Yes, sir. And we'll be back and talk. <laughs> we'll be back and talk more with these guys in just a moment. Right. I'm going to order a margarita while we Christmas time in our hometown is nice, I know. 
falling snow Colored lights shine through the night And put on quite a show But this year my Christmas wish is Mexico Christmas Eve is coming just a week away It's been cold for so long now, I have to say We're getting just a little tired of 25 below So this year my Christmas wish is Mexico Let's bundle up the kids and presents and on our way we'll go where the sun shines all day long on the sand instead of snow. Swaying in a hammock while the sun is sinking low. This year my Christmas wish is Mexico.
Curly the special man that he was. Um, okay, well, you guys got to help me not cry. <laughs> um, yeah. We miss him. I mean, it's it's been, you know, going on 10 years, and we miss him. So, um, but um, gosh, 11 years, I guess now, actually. Uh, he, um, I think, um, Kip and RW can jump in here as well, but I, he's he's very professional. Once you get in this, I mean, always very professional, but very kind at the same time and very open and and um, allowing a plenty of room for creativity. Um, but he he wanted us to stay on task. <laughs> um, he was he was always you know getting us back. Okay, back on task, you people. You know, so we were we would like little kids, like RW said, we we would get off track a lot in the in the recording studio when we were working together, but. Um, he was the epitome of kindness and integrity. Um, he just, he felt very passionate about what we were doing with our music. He felt passionate about life in general, but with the music, and it wasn't from a, oh, we're so good and listen to us. It's like our responsibility is to give it our, a thousand percent so that our audience and our listeners for our CDs that they are uplifted and that they are, they get their money's worth and they enjoy what they're listening to and they get something out of it. And there's a good message to what, to what we're doing. And so I think he was like the perfect ramrod for this, specifically this project to keep us on track and to not lose sight of those goals the whole time that we were doing, doing the project. And, and thankfully this team, this group of people, Curly and, and Kip and RW and I, we're all in the same mindset that it's not about yeah. us. It's about the project. It's not about our ego and who had the last solo and who, I mean, it really wasn't about <laughs> that. We tried to divide everything up as evenly as possible, but I don't think anybody really even thought about that. They just, what do mm-hmm. I do? And tell me when I can do it and let's go and let's make it good. And so that was my, my experience with working with Curly. How about you guys? <laughs> Yeah, I remember um, the first time I saw Curly and got to meet him, he scared me half to death because he's, <laughs> he's a very serious guy, and I was a little bit afraid because I can be a bit of a goofball. And so I was a little concerned that he would not like me at all. But I found out mm. that he is such a kind and wonderful man. <laughs> And when, before we went into the studio, he would make us get together and practice, 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 practice. I remember us mm-hmm. being in our hotel rooms and he would just make us run mm-hmm. it, run it, run it before we even got into the studio so that when we got into the studio, it, we were ready to go. And I really um, valued that with him is that we did have fun, but we all took it very serious and we did want to do our best. And it was a, a real mm-hmm. labor of love. But to end up being so close to Curly and to get to know him, and I got to say, when him and Belinda got together, it was just, it took Belinda to a whole other level of just mm-hmm. greatness. And, mm-hmm. and, I mean, she was already great, but Curly really took her under his wing. I was a little jealous, I'll say. He, <laughs> he just really was awesome with Belinda, and I was really honored to get to sing Roundup in the Spring with them and get to be mm-hmm. a, a, just a little tiny part of them. And uh, so, yeah, what a great, great man. Mm-hmm. All right, Debbie, yeah, what about you? Know, you? Yeah, Curly Jim was very when he when he got into music he was very intense 
and uh, mm-hmm. it was very focused. And uh, we all have different personalities, and uh, you know, we we. We, we we kind of became friends in the studio. We all had the same goal, but we got different personalities, and we would giggle and and you know uh, mess up a little bit. And Curly said, Curly said, well, um, when y'all are through visiting over there, we might do some music. He I I respected him so much. Yeah. His uh, his natural instincts and knowledge of music, both on the stage and in the studio, and he was a master guitar. He was a whole he was a whole dang package. And uh, mm-hmm. as uh, as a man, you know, as his uh, Christian faith got stronger and stronger, uh, became a brother to me. And uh, we shared mm-hmm. a lot together, a lot of life and things that we've been through. And, uh, you know, um, there were, there, that, that was such a, a, a blessing. The album, the, album the, the end result was great. We had a great time doing it. But one of the blessings I'll always treasure is a deep and close friendship with a man who became my mm-hmm. brother that, That's uh, right. that mm-hmm. I know as Curly Jim Musgrave. Well, mm-hmm. well, well. He has, mm-hmm. uh, he has a fantastic voice, and uh, and one of the songs that we're going to play today is one that I'm going to just go ahead and get to now. And uh, so everybody get their tissue out. But this is Curly <laughs> Musgrave, and this is till the season comes round. We'll be back. Yeah.
Till the next time I see you again Then we'll all join hands And remember this moment Till the season comes round Musgrave, and today we're talking with R.W. Hampton, Kip Callahan-Young, and Belinda Gale, and they, along with Curly, recorded the phenomenal CD, The First Noel, and uh, and I could I could almost swear I hear some, some sniffling going on. Uh, <laughs> Lord, I'm like, at the temple. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> Well, I remember then. in the studio oh, with, and when he okay. was singing that have, song, and Belinda were, we were in there go. when he was recording it, and it was it was an ama- amazing moment. We knew he wasn't feeling good, and it was just uh, it's a wonderful memory that I'll never forget. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Belinda, go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna say I need to lighten it up a little bit. <laughs> Um, Oh, my word. I just, you know, I think we all, all of us who were close to him miss him so much because it was so much more than just a a friend. When you, when you went into Curly's inner circle, which I would say all three of us were, um, there was definitely a familial bonding there that you knew that he would go to the wall for you. You knew you could depend on him for anything. You knew he had your back. I mean, you knew it was just. You just knew he was just solid, rock solid, and uh, 
so I think we do all miss him. But what you brought up Roundup in the Spring, and this is a different album, but when Chip and I, we were, it actually, you didn't initially sing on that song. We were in the green room, and Curly and I were practicing that song. We were going to be doing a, a show, getting ready to do our part. And Kip comes over and jumps in and starts singing harmony with us. And we all just kind of looked at each other and was like, wow, that sounded good. And so we practiced with her, and then we brought her out on stage to do that. You know, we brought, invited her out to do that one song with us because she was on at some point during that show as well. But what she and I did not tell Curly is that she and I did, our, did a whole choreographed thing that we came up with. <laughs> <laughs>
And the joyful news that he was born spread quickly far and wide. Once upon a Christmas was the birth of Jesus Christ. And all the world rejoiced because the King was born at last. A Savior had been promised joyful news that he was born spread quickly far and wide. Once upon a Christmas was the birth of Jesus Christ. Once upon a Christmas far away in Bethlehem. Once upon a Christmas from the CD, our first Noel. I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm really caught up in uh, the emotion of the show, and this is a CD that my husband and I play, uh, not just at Christmas time. It's sort of in our stack of favorites, and um, uh, we had a, a car. Our, our most newest car did not have a CD player, and it was driving us crazy. And sort of by by accident, we don't have that car anymore. And the car that we replaced it with does have a CD player. So we're, <laughs> we're so excited. We're starting to put some of our favorites in that car. Um, and Belinda, the next song that we're going to do is featuring you. And it's um, Mary, mm. Did You Know. Do you want to talk a little oh, bit about wow, that song? Oh, wow, song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, like like you know, a zillion a zillion other people, I just absolutely love that song. I love the message of it, and I actually do perform it um, other times of the year, not just at Christmas, because I think it's it's a message that needs to be um, out there for everybody to hear. You know, that just just that the Lord came and was willing to take on just being a vulnerable, tiny baby and the humanity he was willing to go through for us. And that this, and she was just a teenager. She was what, like 16 or 15 or something Mm -hmm. like that. She was very young when she had Jesus. And so this is all she sees is her little baby. And it just always really touched me. And um, I love the harmony work that everybody put on this song, and I think we really just kind of jumped in and did it together. And, and I, I was really pleased with how it turned out and um, was really happy to put it on this song, on this album. I'm looking forward to hearing it again. Yeah. Here, we, here we go. Mary, did you know? That's Belinda Gale, and this is the Campfire Cafe, and we're featuring the first Noel with R.W. Hampton, Belinda Gale, and Kip Callahan Young. And we'll be back in just Mary, did you know your baby boy would someday walk on water. Mary, did you know your baby boy would save our sons and daughters? Did you know that your baby 
And this child that you've delivered will soon deliver you. Mary, did you know your baby boy will give sight to a blind man? Mary, did you know your baby boy will calm the storm with his hand? Did you
<laughs> but he, yeah, he, so yeah, he was the ramrod. He was the one who picked the songs that went on the album. And I think it was a great mix, great mix of songs. Yeah. Yeah. Belinda, did you get to pick your songs out? Um, to some degree, (laughs) because he's my singing partner, I got guided on a few of my choices, you know, (laughs) so, but, um, but yeah, yeah, I I would say he's like, again, he's, he's very gracious. He's very professional, but he is very gracious and he definitely wanted all of us to have ownership of the project. And so in order to do that, you know, we had to have input and be a part of the selection process. And that, I think that was really important to him, and I, I I think everybody was very happy with the songs that ended up and which ones they were able to do. And and then he also he was trying to keep an eye on the big picture too of the cohesiveness and and, and you know that every, and the songs are wildly different in in many cases, mm-hmm. but somehow the way he or structured them and ordered them and the instrumentation, they really all kind of go together, which I think is a really a tribute to yeah. his um, ability they as really, a producer. They really do. Um, they really do. I, I noticed that myself. As different as they are, they all go together. Mm-hmm. So that's what he was keeping an eye on. So I don't think if he did go so like, yeah, you might want to, you know, think about a different song. Um, he was very gracious about that, but I think he was thinking oh, yeah. the big picture and he's thinking how it was going to yeah. fit. And, and I think we all knew that. And so we all just go, okay, well, my next choice is this. And it's like, okay, yeah. yeah, that'll work. So yeah, that was sort of my feeling for the whole process. Well, they all work. They all fit together beautifully. And uh, the next song we're going to get to, and I think RW, this was probably a Harry Connick song that you've done. Heart finds Christmas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love yeah. this song. Yeah, it's well, one I, of my I, favorites. I, I, well, I got to tell you, um, I love Christmas. We got six kids, seven grandkids now. Christmas can get hectic, and uh, <laughs> I, I have trouble finding Christmas, but it always comes. And uh, sometimes, sometimes. Maybe it's a week before Christmas, two weeks before Christmas. Sometimes I've had it happen at the candlelight service at midnight at the little little church in Cimarron, New Mexico. I've even had it happen at 3 in the morning while the kids were sleeping and Lisa and I were wrapping packages. But uh, when my heart finds Christmas. Beautiful song. We'll be right back. In my eyes are Valentine's And Easter eggs and New Year's wine When my heart finds Christmas My eyes will shine like new Though the days are They fall too far behind to see When my heart finds Christmas I hope it finds you too 
<laughs> you'd uh, need to hurt cat. <laughs> of Curly Jim Musgrave, and you'd be our trail boss yeah. on that deal. Yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. I, I think it would be good. Yeah, you, ha- you, know, you the, have to be the, good at herding cats to 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 get to be able to get any work out of us when you get us together. That's the problem. <laughs> well, I, it would I, be I, great. I I think he told me one time it was like BBs in a shoebox, you know. They were just rolling around <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, you guys are absolutely great. Now, now I know people around the world are going to want to buy the album, and, and believe me, there's a lot more great music on this we didn't get to today because of time. But uh, it's a fantastic album. It's the first Noel. So do each of you have it on your websites available? I know I do. All right, yeah, RWD. And they're on no, Amazon and eBay and <laughs> Yep. They're everywhere. And they're everywhere. Yep. You should you should be able Thanks to find Lisa. it pretty easily, for sure. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. So let's get let's give your website. Let people know where they can find you and find your music. Kip, let's start with you. Okay. I uh don't have a website anymore, but you can find me on Forever Young music ministry on facebook so okay. uh, my husband and i have a ministry now it's called forever young music ministry and you can find us on facebook all right find you on nice. facebook and i bet you can message you if people want to get in touch with you yeah. oh yeah yeah you that's a great me. way to do Five two zero. and belinda how about you um, you can find me Belinda Gill on Facebook and then also BelindaGillSings.com. Okay, BelindaGillSings.com. And RW are on mm-hmm. Facebook as well. Yeah, but we got Facebook, we got Twitter, and we've got RWHampton.com. So um, uh, I think it's pretty. They they tell me it's pretty easy to find. But, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I expect so, and I expect that you can Google any of them and find them that way as well. Oh, yes, pretty pretty good. Well, you guys have been absolutely fantastic today. I know, Bobby, you've enjoyed having fun. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, this is is wonderful. (laughs) It has been fantastic. Thank you, Bobby. And and my wife just is still grinning. I can can see her standing in the hallway just grinning bigger than all get outs. Been loving this. It makes but anyway, go and pull out the. I want to put the Christmas lights on the house already. So yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. No, me too. And, that's the truth. and thank you, th- thank you for getting us together, Gary. This was pretty special, I think, for all of us. Yeah. Uh, we've loved it. We've loved it. Enjoyed having you with us. Enjoyed having you share your memories of Curly because you know some of us never got to meet him or know him. And so we appreciate mm-hmm. you doing that as well. But another great song mm-hmm. from the CD is one that is called The Traditional Christmas Melody. The CD is The First Noel. You can find it on their websites. You can visit Amazon and eBay and pick it up there. You'll want to make it part of your Christmas holiday season. So, guys, thanks so much for being with us today. Many thanks. Thank you, Gary. All right, Bobby look forward Jane, to having you. Kip. Belinda, we love you guys. Bye. We love oh, you. Bye bye. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> Merry Christmas. I miss Happy you guys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is the traditional Christmas spell. We'll be back in just a moment. Joy to the world. 
helper has had her day And now I just want to go and play You settle up your pinto and I'll settle up my bay Leave the wrapping paper all over the floor Cause there's a winter wonderland out that door The sun is high and sparkling on the snow Let's get out of here and go see the show This is the best kind of weather For the swing of Maine and the smell of leather You settle up your pinto and I'll settle up my bay Ah, honey, hear the thud of hoops. Christmas Day never sounded so good. You settle up your pinto and I'll settle up my bay. Leave the wrapping paper all over the floor. Cause there's a winter wonderland out that door. The sun is high and sparkling on the snow. Let's get out of here and go see the show. Terrible fires that have been going on 
this year. Uh, how has that affected things for backcountry horsemen and the Forest Service and BLM? Yeah, the wildfires, yet another, you know, seminal, terrible year for wildfires across much of the West. Um, not so much in the Southeast this year, thank goodness, but um, yeah, here in the Western states, and you asked specifically about the U.S. Forest Service and the Bureau of Land Management, a lot of folks outside of the West don't know about much about the Bureau of Land Management because it really is in just those 12 Western states, including Alaska, where the BLM actually manages in, in more public lands than the Forest Service or the National Park Service. Yeah. Um, but the, these fires have been a major blow um, to any number of efforts by the agencies to sustain public lands for, you know, the variety of multiple uses they provide society and us, everywhere from the timber products and timber programs and things to fresh air, fresh water, and the recreation piece that, you know, we all care and, and love so much. It's hampered recreation on a major scale, these wildfires, some of which are still not out completely. Um, you know, not just the actual evacuations and then the burned areas that's been left in their aftermath, but even the smoke that's been traveling hundreds and hundreds of miles has dampened recreational opportunities and enjoyment uh, throughout much of the West for this season. So uh, it's a major setback, and each year is getting worse. Uh, and each year we can't even make up in terms of clearing trails and opening trails again on our public lands to keep pace with the way that uh, the deadfall and uh, all the other things that are associated with fire are destroying our trails and the landscapes that we love. So it's, it's just a major blow to our volunteers and then throw COVID-19 on top of that in the pandemic. And in many cases, the agencies won't even allow our field crews to work uh, or wow. strict social distancing requirements that, you know, our folks can do and we can, we can do a job hazard analysis and find ways to plan around minimizing uh, any kind of a transmission of a virus and our folks are doing it, but there are just some agencies at the federal level who just say, no, we're shutting down all field work. Uh, we're not going to allow you to do anything. Um, so it's it's been a big blow for everybody, I'm sure, not just the trail lovers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I know that a lot of the organized events uh, that have taken place across the country have been affected as far as trail riding and different things. But um, and I, in our rendezvous, we had to, we had to move that from June to October this year uh back here in tennessee but uh have any of the trails been closed because of this pandemic well yes uh you know earlier on in the spring some national forests for example here in the west and even in the east were outright closing trails when one of the last last respites for people to not go stir crazy at home when they're they're yeah. isolating, self isolating. Uh, you think, but there were problems throughout many national parks and forests where so many people were surging to go out to the public lands that parking lots were full, trailheads were full, and people were passing every few minutes on trails that it it became a hazard in its own right. Granted, it's outdoors and and that's a much safer place to be in terms of virus transmission. We had many agencies, nonetheless completely shut down those avenues for people to, to get outdoors. Uh, most of those have been rolled back. I don't know what it's going to look like moving forward into this fall now with the surge in the virus, but yeah, we had lots of outright closures of entire 
national forests or national parks for some time. Wow. Wow. Well, I know that uh, it, it virtually has affected everything that's taking place, but, um, and so many people have, have sought to outdoors to get away from all this madness but but it's affected everything so wow wow well tell us something good let's 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 get away from the virus and the pandemic okay well you know congress is still making great progress on protecting our public lands and doing more things we talked about that in depth last month about the great american outdoors act and the all the money that's going to flow, including to trail maintenance and maintenance backlog on all of our public lands, BLM, National Forest, Park Service here in the next five years, you know, lots of money. So we're all gearing up to have a way for backcountry horsemen and all the trail maintenance and service groups to find ways to leverage that money with our own volunteers and sweat equity and all the things the horsemen and women do to keep trails open um, you know, we're, we're making great progress. So, you know, yeah, so there was bad news and the fires are continue to be bad news. The, the epidemic continues to be bad news, but there is some, you know, there's some shining light there in terms of uh, the commitment by at the national level from Congress, the agencies to really start opening more trails and doing more things to get people outdoors. And that's been a large part of my work recently representing backcountry horsemen of America it's how we get involved in coalitions with other trail user groups, with the federal agencies, even, you know, tourism and economic, you know, types of, of people that are promoting the benefits of outdoor recreation. We're making a big national movement to, you know, demonstrate how people getting outdoors, no matter how they enjoy public lands, has huge economic benefits across the nation, uh, not to mention just the health benefits to us. The mental, mental wellness being of getting outdoors and getting away from it all, but we're seeing more and more attention and more and more things in Congress of all places, um, you know, that are supporting the, you know, the Americans' ability to get outdoors and enjoy their public lands. I mean, that's, that's exciting, and I can talk about some specifics, but um, I do want to talk about some of the great things we're doing in, in wilderness areas and, in, importantly, national scenic trails, if you want to dive into that and what are national scenic trails where are they and and why are they important to us that's something that i've been working a lot on lately okay well why don't we do why don't you do that why don't you talk about these trails because that's kind of some of that's kind of close to home to me because i'm right on scenic highway 12 out here in utah so that's near bryce and zion Oh, you're in gorgeous country. Boy, yeah, you're yeah. surrounded by beauty. Um, and, and as as shown uh, by Mary Kay's videos, I mean, it looks like they're shot right out the back door almost there with the Grand Staircase and Kaprawitz Plateau and the wonderful, yeah. you know, portions of that country there. Um, well, yeah, let me mention the National Scenic Trails. What are those? You know, uh, sure, it's scenic, but, you know, we have only 11 National Scenic Trails, or at least well, there's tons of tra- trails that are highly – a designation that Congress has bestowed starting back in 1968 when they created the Appalachian Trail and the Pacific Crest Trail. Yeah. Now has grown to 11 national scenic trails. Those are national icons. Everyone knows about the AT and Pacific Crest. Um, but we have 11 in total now throughout the country. And, you know, these trails are in large part for us. 
Now, some, you know, there's only one that I can think of. Most of the Appalachian Trail, you can't ride on horseback. You can in right. the Great Smoky Mountains. About 30-odd miles in the Great Smoky Mountains, you can ride on the Appalachian Trail. Uh, and our volunteers there work with the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. Our folks even do trail maintenance on the hiking portions only of the AT. Uh, oh, wow. And, and we do joint training. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the beauty of backcountry horsemen and women and the volunteer stuff. It goes beyond just these are our trails, but we won't maintain anyone else's. There's a great synergy on the Appalachian Trail in that area, North Carolina and elsewhere, Tennessee, where, you know, they're doing things together. And it's not always just what's in the best interest of the horsemen uh, and the trail tread we can traverse. We're, we're doing things in partnership. Um, but right now I've been spending a lot of time on the Pacific Crest Trail that spans from Mexico and Southern California Desert, the Sonoran Desert, all the way up to Canada, you know, uh, and go through the Cascade Ranges, the Sierras, and the three states of the West Coast. And that's another of the original two national scenic trails that Congress bestowed. And this one's 2,650 miles, and horses are welcome on every mile of it. In oh, fact, wow. They're not just welcome. They're, yeah, horse, horseback riding and, and pack strings and mules, that is part of the celebrated history of, of the Pacific Crest Trail. Um, and so, in fact, of all the 11 National Scenic Trails, it's the only one where we're encouraged and able to travel every mile of that National Scenic Trail. There are other ones that don't discourage horseback use, but it's just more difficult uh, in some cases. I, I'm thinking of, well, the Arizona National Scenic Trail that spans that state north to south. Wonderful 800-mile trek through a variety of terrain. It was always intended to include horseback use, but there are some stretches that are very, uh, let's just say the novice and, and even inter intermediate folks packing couldn't, you know, probably do well there. But they're welcome right. everywhere on the Arizona Trail. Pacific Northwest that runs east, it runs from west to east through uh, Washington, Idaho, Panhandle, and Montana to Glacier National Park. Um, that's also available horseback use, but there are just some spans where it isn't feasible, isn't possible. And that trail is not complete, but the Pacific Crest is every one of the 2,650 miles is open to us, and we're invited as a celebrated partner. And the backcountry horsemen and women are one of it's really the backbone of the volunteer crew that keeps that trail, especially in the remote parts of backcountry and wilderness, open for all the users, hikers and horsemen alike. And we continue to get accolades from the agencies that manage the Pacific Crest Trail. The partners like the Pacific Crest Trail Association, we're, we're such an integral part of keeping that trail open that no one would think, my gosh, but horses aren't allowed elsewhere and other national scenic trails or other places in the country. It's just it's a natural on the Pacific Crest. Wow, wow. So I want to I wanna ask a question that may be silly, but uh, uh, are there trailheads along the way so that people can come in and start to do their rides and and uh, just do sections of the trail? Absolutely. In fact, most people enjoy our National Scenic Trails and the Pacific Crest Trail that way, Gary. It's, it's, no one has a couple of months to do the whole span from Mexico to Canada, for example. But people do sections of it. They ride sections of it, so they hike sections of it. It could just be all of Oregon in that span. It could be from one pass to another. And there's ample trailheads and staging areas and places you can cache supplies or 
get supplies and equipment en route, that people are doing it that way. And the vast bulk of the vast majority, 95% plus, do sections of the Pacific Crest Trail, for example, um, just because they don't have the time or the effort. And, and not many of us are the hardy ones who want to spend, you know, the better part of the season, you know, doing such things. So, yeah, that's the beauty. You can do a day. You know, you can park in one place and do a section. Um, you know, you might have to do a loop, but there's lots of connecting trails that can give you a loop. Or if you have friends, you can park a trailer, you know, at the other end of the section you want to drive and get your animals back in, in your trailer and go to the front. And, yeah, and do kind of a, a circuit that way and piece by piece of a, of a you know, long-distance trail. But the beauty is these are long-distance trails. They're meant to be enjoying the day in little bits or for multi-days or weeks or months, depending on how much time you have. So it's, it's everything to everybody. If you, know, if you want to take advantage of something that is truly iconic in the nation and uh, an experience that's managed so well, the signage is consistent. You know, you're, you, you know, if you have basic navigating skills, you probably won't get lost in most cases. Um, it's in, in Pacific Crest is just a well-developed and, and recognized trail that, um, there's folks along the way to help you. Trail angels, they're called. People from different communities that sometimes come and help people out if there's uh, problems or they can resupply people. I could go on about it, but it's a community in and of itself, but it's meant for everybody, uh, wow. whether you want to ride for a day or longer. Wow. I could use a trail angel occasionally. Couldn't <laughs> Couldn't you, Bobby? Oh, I could use uh, um, angels of all kinds. <laughs> oh gosh! And I've I've talked with some folks that have had 14 years to do some trails. We've got some people out there that are long riders and long riders plus. But uh, yeah, well, when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about what Backcountry Horsemen of America has in store for uh, the rest of this year. Maybe there's not too much left of this year, but maybe in 2021 that we're looking forward to. Right now, let's take a listen to a great song from Michael Martin Murphy. It's called Christmas on the Line. We'll be back with Randy Rasmussen and Bobby Jean Bell in just a moment on Saddle of America. That old north wind Howling high up in the timber The only choir that I remember I was riding One lone star Hanging over the horizon Like the one that left the wise men As they followed heaven's sign Snow-capped feet Like the Like silver bells ringing Christmas on the line Snow-capped 
hatch it has to have Hatch Valley chili in it. Uh, but it, I, I would assume it's New Mexico. It's going to have Hatch Valley chili. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. So, what else is on the agenda in 2021 for Backcountry Horsemen of America? What is, what's something that's looking uh, promising that we could look forward to as far as legislation or anything that's happening with the trails? Well, sure. No, legislation is boring. That's that's part of my job. Um, you know, I think what's fun about what we're trying to do as an organization in Backcountry Horsemen of America is our outreach to try to, to get more youth engaged with uh, our volunteerism and efforts. And we've just held a series of webinars, and one of those for our membership was youth outreach, you know, how we replenish and create the next generation of, of trail stewards and people who want to give back. Because, you know, being a backcountry horseman or woman it requires a certain time commitment, right? I mean, if you're doing right. it often. And even in phases of your life where you're able and free and available to do that. So often our membership has, you know, is composed largely of retirees or people of, of means that can take time off to do work parties, attend public meetings, meet with the federal agencies to plan projects together. But not always. We have plenty of people who work nine to five kind of jobs and find ways to fit their passions in um, but still, you have to be a working professional. But there's that youth piece, you know, we're always trying to look for and replenish. So we're going to continue in earnest, you know, in the next several years to find ways to reach out to, you know, be it FFA or, uh, you know, or, or other you know, organizations. To, or, oh, absolutely, 4-H and others, um, you know, to say how can we get people interested and you know, the, the kind of lifestyle that comes with being a backcountry horse person. And uh, so I'd say that's, that's a key thing that we're trying to do just broadly. Um, we also have education programs within our organization on even some of the most simple things. How to, you know, get certified to use a cross-cut saw or a tra- chainsaw if you want to uh, for trail maintenance. You know, providing resources in a one-stop shop that can get you equipped to be, you know, uh, you know, a trail maintainer if that's what you want to do. Uh, I'm kind of excited about our, you know, what we're trying to do to broaden the appeal of backcountry horsemen. And I'm glad you guys brought this up because it doesn't have to be just horse people. Uh, yeah, that do yeah. It. Yeah, well, there are a lot of people that love to get out and just hike and, uh, and experience the outdoors and, so, you know, even those people, if they want to get involved with an organization that keeps the trails open, Backcountry Horsemen is one avenue for them to get involved with. So I think that's that's just insane. What are you doing? I'm, you know, I'm curious when you're talking about the outreach for the young people, because that's one of the problems with the horse community as a whole. And how do you get young people involved into into horses and into uh, an organization? like Backcountry Horsemen. What are you guys doing? Well, I mean, we have a couple of different things. Like in Montana, for example, where Backcountry Horsemen began in 1973, we've got chapters that are offering scholarships for packing clinics, youth packing clinics. We will basically pay their way to come to Montana if they don't live there already 
their travel expenses included oftentimes, and put them through a multi-week course of packing skills. And, of course, wow. they always get to go to the Bob, the Bar Marshall Wilderness, which is the seminal kind of wilderness experience in the in the lower 48, if not on the planet. Um, and to work with federal land management agencies to identify some of these people, you know, some have come up in, in you know, with a, a rural and horse background. Some have not necessarily. But finding ways to in, incentivize uh, and then to use, because, you know, after paying the travel expenses, there isn't a lot of huge costs for some of our folks. They, they're going to spend their time and their big, you know, contribution is the time they spend in teaching these packing skills, horsemanship, uh, you know, and, and such, and then, then get them out there in, into the wilderness to say, let's put it to the test. And some of these uh, youth have already gotten jobs as packers or trail crew people with the federal land management agencies like the Forest Service. So it's wow. starting to, you know, it's starting to happen, but we can't do that broadly enough. But we really would love to have a national program where we could do something like that in multiple states and really, uh, I hate the word, scale it up, you know, make it make it more consistent across the nation and uh, getting more youth involved. That's just one example, Gary. That's a, that's a great example. That is a great example. And, uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have stepdaughters that are involved with the Forest Service and, and uh, have been doing that during the summer since they were babies almost, you know. So I think those are great programs to get people involved in. That's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. So what else is on the agenda for 2021? <laughs> well, for my role, <laughs> it is about protecting public lands and keeping public lands in the public's hands. And a few years ago, we had some threats where there was thoughts in Congress or some certain groups in Congress wanting to give away our federal public lands to states or other entities, largely yep. for you know profit motives and whatnot. That yeah. will continue to raise its ugly head. That um, you know that we will continue as backcountry horsemen to resist and fight any efforts to privatize public lands, um, to to slap large fees on accessing public lands, um, those types of things. That you know, just in terms of the freedoms we enjoy, and you know, there's nothing in my opinion more American than our federal public lands. That, to me, is one of our best ideas and concepts where anybody from any walk of life, any economic means, can go out and enjoy public lands if they, you know, choose to. Yeah. We want to keep it that way. Yeah. Um, well, that's one of the things that I've talked about in the past. These public lands are ours. So what? I don't care what part of the country that you're in or from, you come to public lands, you have ownership in them. And uh, and have an interest in what's going on with them. So people need to get involved and become concerned when uh, public lands are trying to be sold, for whatever reason, because they are yours. Absolutely. I mean, and there are legitimate reasons sometimes for Congress to make deals with local municipalities or counties to trade certain lands to block up land ownership so it's more manageable and those things you know we can we can support or not be concerned about but it's the broad scale you know just whole handing you know hundreds of thousands of acres to the state or county or a private entity to manage and run that we're going to continue to resist and so I don't anticipate that being an issue in the forthcoming Congress we don't know 
but it always rears its head every several years, and we have to try to work with our partners to, to beat that idea back and keep public lands public. Yeah, yeah. So how's our how's the situation with the motorized uh, bikes going right now? I think we talked about that last we, time. We did, yeah, and, and uh, specifically the electric motorized bicycles, which are every day I'm looking at the Internet and getting feeds from my friends and colleagues about the new electric mountain bike that can go 45, 50 miles an hour, and it looks mm. almost like a normal normal mountain bike. Um, that scares mm-hmm. the heck out of us. You know, mm-hmm. uh, horsemen and women have found in most places a happy peace with mountain bicycles, not always, but just right. regular mountain bikes. There's still some conflicts in areas where bike riders are not courteous and go too fast. That's always going to be a case, but we have national partnerships, you know, with, with mountain biking groups that we try to, you know, be on the same page and, and they understand the problem too. But the electric motorized bicycles, the ones you can plug in and in some yeah. cases have multiple battery packs and you could go a hundred miles on electric motorized mountain bike in the backcountry and wilderness. If you know, you want to basically trespass in the wilderness because bikes aren't allowed. Um, you know, that's going to be probably our most perplexing issue for the next couple of years, Gary, is how to work with that issue because it's coming and there's nothing we can do to stop it. You know, we can't, we can't just say, heck no, it's not going to happen. We have to, have to get creative and say, well, there's some places where it might be more appropriate, but it's going to be over there, the trails that we don't right. use right. or like. And but right. we're our our chapters and where we have over 200 backcountry horsemen chapters across the nation and in, in 32 states, our folks are going to be hard pressed to be sitting down at that table with the mountain bikers or in this case the electric mountain bikers. If you can picture that in your mind, what what that person might look like, I don't know. Um, I don't know. And the agencies and negotiate over what trails that we're willing to to fight for and which ones we can concede because. They, it won't be that they can just build the new trails and keep them to their own. They're going to want access to the trails we care about, and so far there's no silver bullet. We've used litigation already last year, uh, and we're partially successful, but that, that just puts off for a short time those decisions What's going to happen? where electric bicycles are going. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty frightening to think about if you're a, if you're a horseman and you've experienced um, just bikes in the past. So to to imagine a bike yeah. coming zooming by 45 miles an hour is pretty frightening. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and so far the the federal agencies have tried to parse this into well, there's certain classes and they don't exceed 28 miles an hour. That's in in that subsetting, particularly the ones that don't go faster than 20 miles per hour. They're actually giving serious consideration to sharing our trails. Well, think about it. What on horseback you might go three, four, certainly not more than five miles per hour at best. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got something that can go at a, you know, it can go at least twenty miles per hour. Uh, that is such a difference in speed, mm-hmm. and they're quiet. They're relatively quiet. These electric bikes. Yeah, and, they ju- uh, they it, just it, come it, up it is, on you. Yeah. Yeah, it is really scary for what they can do for even the best trained horses or pack string. I mean, come on, we all try to make our animals bomb-proof. It's rare. It's almost unheard of. You can make them bomb-proof. But if something comes on them at 20 miles an hour around a blind corner 
in the forest, they're going to react, and we know what that reaction is going to be, and it's not going to be mm. a good one. It won't be pretty. Fight it will or, not fight be pretty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, Randy Rasmussen, you have been a lot of fun today to talk about some of these different things. And uh, Bobby Bell now is going to go out and get connected with a backcountry horseman organization <laughs> near Albuquerque and get Jim to make them some chili. She'll have all kinds of new friends that she'll she'll meet out on the trails. But uh Yep, I but it, I found I found the information on my chapter. I I did exactly what he said and I I've got the email address for the local chapter. All right. All right. So <laughs> next next month you need to report back and let us know what's going on. I'd be happy to. No, I really appreciate joining you and and Bobby. Uh so thanks for having me, Gary. Well, you're welcome. We look forward to having you back. But I was referring to Bobby Bell report back and let me know what's happened with her contact after. (laughs) (laughs) It'll be be a good time right here at the Christmas season. But anyway, well, Randy, we'll see you next week, the second Thursday of the month, or the first Thursday of the month. And uh, look forward to having you with us. And and, uh, Jim was with us for about six years, so you got a long run ahead of you, my friend. I'm happy to. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Thanks so much. Hey, we're going to take a break, take a listen to a great song by Riders in the Sky, Riders in the Sky, called The Christmas Shuttle, and I'll be back with Bobby Bell in just a moment. Randy, thanks so much, my friend. You bet. Clouds are gathering in the sky, so ride along. Swift on wings of night, how they will fly, so ride along. Where someone waits with laughing eyes, so ride along. We'll ride along to where she waits by firelight. Old pal, take care and guide us where she's waiting there for me. Don't step slow through the drifting snow with the old little lady. You'll soon be warm in the big dark barn and safe from harm you'll be. She waits, I know, neat the mistletoe with the yodel little lady. Through stormy clouds that gather high on the hills above. To where my open arms will hold the one I love. Don't step slow, pal, you know it won't be long. She waits for the wind to bring my yodel and Christmas song. Don't step slow through the distant snow with the old little lady. You'll soon be warm in the big dark barn and safe from harm you'll be. She waits, I know, neat the mistletoe with the old little lady. So right. stormy clouds that gather high on the hills above. To where my open arms will hold the one I love. Don't step slow, pal, you know it won't be long. She waits for the wind to bring my yodeling Christmas song. Oh, 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 oh,
Actually, you know, working with each one of them to set up the show um, was also a lot of fun because I hadn't talked to Kip Callahan before and we had a really fun conversation and um, I got to kind of catch up with Belinda and RW. So, you know, there's there's a lot that goes into each show that we do. And some of the fun stuff is all the the prep. (laughs) Always on air, is it? Not always on air. Yeah. But that was a lot of fun and it was. Good to visit with Randy and uh, and talk a little bit about what's going on with Backcountry Horsemen of America and uh, and we look forward to having him back with us every first Thursday of the month on Saddle of America. Uh, uh, Thanksgiving, people have been encouraged to just kind of stay home. What are you doing? We're staying home. <laughs> You know, originally we had some travel plans, and then, um, of course, we uh, we had a car accident. We're fine, but it, that changed travel plans. And then our governor pretty much said, don't go anywhere. So um, yeah. we are staying home. <laughs> well, we are staying home, too, and uh, enjoying Thanksgiving together. So that's going to be a lot of fun. But... We know that there are a lot of people uh, across the country and I guess around the world that celebrate Thanksgiving, maybe that that end up will end up staying home this year. So we have decided to do a special event on Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, and uh, Equestrian Legacy Radio is sponsoring a live Facebook live concert, and you'll be able to find that on our page equestrian legacy radio and we have some great entertainment that we've lined up for that so bobby we're going to have uh one of my favorite entertainers mary Kay, that will be in concert uh and she's not done facebook live concerts before so she'll be in concert mm-hmm. on facebook live kathy moss will be joining us and uh seth weil who is a phenomenal performer and uh, uh, and music, uh, will be joining us. So we've got uh, three great performers that will be joining us on Thanksgiving Day, and that will start at uh, 6 o'clock Central Time, 5 o'clock Mountain Time, and uh, 4 o'clock Pacific. So be sure and watch for our advertisements on that. But Equestrian Legacy Radio is going to be sponsoring a great Thanksgiving evening concert for folks that are staying home. That's going to be a lot of fun. That's very fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Yeah. That'll be a lot of fun. So I think we'll have uh, probably about an hour and a half or so of concert that night with Mary Kay, Kathy Moss, and Seth Weil. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. So we'll have more information that we'll be putting out uh, from now until then 
on that. Um, but yeah, kind of a nice way to stay home on Thanksgiving. You know, we'll mm-hmm. eat, we'll eat our mm-hmm. turkey or or hamburgers or whatever it is we're gonna have, <laughs> <laughs> or, or our subway or whatever. But uh, but anyway, that'll that'll be a lot of fun. So what's going on with that West? I know you guys have been dealing with uh, recovering from this um, automobile accident that you have. But what's going on with that West right now? Well, um, we have several things happening. Um, and a good place to, to, to pay attention is on the outwestshop.com blog page. Um, I will be uh, entering two, two blogs in the next couple of days. One is about a really fun buy a book, get a book free event. This is with our author friend, Janet Squires. And you can find the information about this on the Outwest Shop Facebook page. Um, we're just getting this going, and uh, Jan is a wonderful author. She writes Western fiction as well as great kids' books. So we have a setup where if you buy one of the books, you get the other book free, or you can have two copies of the, the title Desperate um, Straits. And when you make a purchase, you enter a contest, and we'll be giving away a beautiful uh, Denali blanket, uh, a throw blanket in a beautiful pattern called Native uh, Journey. And uh, you can see pictures of that right on that um, outwestshop.com Facebook page. And uh, we're continuing to support a local cultural nonprofit, the um, Festival Ballet of um, Albuquerque. And uh, so that's with purchases made through our Hero Collection. We ship around the world. And you'd be amazed at what you'll find there. We we really have a wonderful selection of things for men and women and children and your home. So, outwestshop.com is where you need all you all, only place you need to go. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find everything that you need there, and you can, I I would bet that you could pick up some uh, Christmas gifts on that site, couldn't you? Oh yes, yes, yeah. you sure could. So be sure and visit that. Well, it has been a fun almost two hours today with the Campfire Cafe in Saddle Up America. Next week is Thanksgiving, so we'll have a special show for you next Thursday, beginning at noon Central Standard Time on the Campfire Cafe and followed by Saddle Up America. And, uh, and then be sure and catch us on Facebook for the Facebook Live concert that will start at 6 Central on our Facebook page, and we'll be sharing information on social media for that as well. Bobby, any closing thoughts? I do. I have a happy Thanksgiving closing thought. A recipe for a thankful heart. One cup of true love, two cups of kindness, three cups of grace, a teaspoon of patience and forgiveness, and just a pinch of zest for living. That's the kind of Thanksgiving meal we're cooking in our lives together. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you and to Jim and to all of our listeners. And we'll see you next Thursday on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. You can find us at equestrianlegacy.net. We're going to close the show out today with a great Christmas song, Mr. Don Edwards. It's called White Christmas. Thanks for listening.
Oh 